This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who is ready for his cleaning, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I thought Common was going to do like I did as a young kid when my dad told me not to watch to cover my eyes when radar movies were on. <laughs> I thought he was going to do the old peekaboo, the, the but he he didn't do it. No, he did shot, not. Common. What <laughs> he, are you doing? He did not. You are correct about Surely that. Surely someone else has walked in when their parents are watching a radar film. They're like, cover your eyes, and they still they just took a little peek. Take, take a little peek. That's all. Take a little peek. <laughs> Uh, if you've been listening to podcasts, you started the podcast last year. Thank you for continuing to listen to us and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about basically the last like five episodes of Silo. I can't remember exactly where we left off with this one, but uh, we did the first four. Okay, so yeah, the last six episodes of Silo uh, that is on Apple TV Plus. If you are new or a regular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. And when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free. Any level. It doesn't matter if it's the $3 level, the $5, or the $20 level. All four levels of being a Patreon supporter get you the show ad-free. So if you'd like to have that access, just go to patreon.com, look us up there, and sign up. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear any questions you might have, any thoughts, any concerns, or any suggestions for things that you would like for us to cover. We'd love to hear all those. Just go to our email and go to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So this is the... Well, we'll We'll focus mainly on the on the finale, but we're going to talk a little bit about all of the last six episodes and just in kind of a brief overview. So, just in general, what was your what was your general thoughts on those last six episodes of uh, Silo? All right, so I'm going to tell you something that I normally don't agree with. So we covered the first four. So I decided not to start watching until I knew we were right. going to cover it because, like, I, I forget. And especially a show like this, I want to keep it kind of fresh. Justin, this was an incredible binge show. Was it really? I, yes. I, I didn't watch it as a binge. I, did, I, I watched it every week when it was coming out still. Uh, but so, anyway, can we talk about that? Especially when you're not trying to solve every mystery. Right. Like, you know, like week to week, like you do with... I could see a lot. Of, I know Reddit was very popular on this, like it is with GL jackets I, and mm. some of the other ones. But like, uh, 
I had so much fun binging it. I will say, I did think five and six were a little slow because there was so it was like a reset. I will also say, I did not realize Will Patton was so good. Yeah, he was, and he was a he was missed on five and part of six. But when Ian Glenn and Harriet Walker start having a bigger part, right. and then you really finally get Tim Robbins as the bad guy, then I thought I thought seven on took it to another level. And man, I couldn't stop enjoying it. And that finale was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. It makes you fired up. I am so happy to hear that they've already started filming season two, <laughs> so we should get it around this time next yeah, year. So I'm so excited about that. They're not being stopped by the writer's strike. And I was even more excited to hear Rebecca Ferguson talk about how excited she is for season two because she's like, oh yeah, this was just us world building. It's getting dark in season two. I was like, oh, <laughs> this wasn't dark? Oh boy. Yeah, uh, it's like, this was a really good show. Here's the thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've, I said on this, if you watch, listen to our coverage of the first four episodes, I've talked about how I, I have read the book. And around episode five, I guess, is it like just completely takes you know it does a 180 from the book like for a while there it doesn't resemble the book at all in terms of the way that they do anything right around episode eight that's when they kind of like start steering okay now we kind of got to steer this ship a little bit back towards where the book takes us in this thing and by the end of it you're like okay for the most part it is where the book is now you know, we just talked about on the Patreon episode. If you are on Patreon, if you're on, if you're one of our Patreon supporters, you'll be able to listen to it. Uh, the firm was a book that was made into a movie that neither that both of us read the book on, and neither of us were just real big fans because they took right. such a huge departure from it. I like this just because I don't know. I was still intrigued. I thought the story that they were telling, even though if it was completely different than the book. I thought it was still very entertaining. I thought it was still very intriguing. They yeah. said it. They were setting up a lot of mysteries like they did in the book, but they were just setting them up in completely different methods. And I was still very much intrigued by it. So, like I said, you can take a book, turn it into a television show, or turn it into a movie, and do it in a completely different method. Uh, do it in a completely different method, and it can still work. It just depends. Like I said, it will work for some things. It well, won't work for others. And here, go ahead and uh, another drinking game. Ron praises Station Eleven, but if anyone who's read that book, it is cut. The show is completely right. different, and everyone says the TV show made the right call. Yeah, and because like Jeevan is not the star of, right. the, of the book, like uh, uh, like he is a series. But like you said, this sounds like to me like they made the right call. And I know Hugh Howie, who is the writer, is really involved in the writing right. and the direct you know producing process so he's full on in on it and also to me it sounds like and the great graham yost who's the creator and right. showrunner you know has a four or five arc in mind on this so yeah. you can see why they have to world build a little bit more than maybe they do in the book and if you don't know graham yost man fantastic tv right. writer best known for justified the americans uh slow horses that we both yeah. loved as well so uh you know just a, a legendary tv person oh also hey dude if you <laughs> watch well, the he, hey show, he was the writer really of hey dude. i did not yeah. know that oh wow <laughs> if you watch hey dude and justified they could not be any different <laughs> no, they couldn't they could not be any different uh anyway 
Although yeah. I would love to watch Boy Crowder on uh, Hey Dude. Yeah, anyway, what, I do also. <laughs> one of the things you talk about in this is, one thing you just mentioned is the world building and that they have like a four or five yeah. season arc on that they kind of have planned out for this. And when we get to the end of this show, at the end of episode six, I'm sorry, episode 10, that's basically about the halfway point of the book. Uh, so okay. obviously you've got, if they want to, and now I say book, this is basically like they're, it was originally published. Uh, I'll just kind of remind people. It was originally published as like ten or no twelve different or nine novellas, uh, but they combined all the ones that made the first book called Dust. Uh, they they combined all those together, and that's where, uh, like I said, it's about the halfway point of what. And Dust is just Allison and uh, the the Becker story, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, there there's I think they all had the same name as Dust. It was like Dust Part oh, One, Dust okay. Part Two. I so. got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, but that's the way it started. So, uh, but the like I said, it, this is about the halfway point of of that first arc of, tr- of of the trilogy. So, like I said, it works really well for that. One of the things I think is just the performance that I was just look, I was captivated by a lot of them. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is fantastic in this. She is great yeah. as the lead because uh, she is both powerful and vulnerable, and she yes. is you know she's attractive. So she's there's a lot of different things that she has going really on good. for her in this, but. But the person who captivated me the most is Tim Robbins' character, Bernard, because in the book, it is clear from the get-go that he's the villain. That I mean, there is no question about that, but they do such an incredible job of making it look like he's not going to be a villain in this thing. Yeah, remember when we covered this before? Right. I told you, I was like, he's the villain, right? Because, like, he's, and you were like, you know, I don't know. And I was like, ah, oh, you're lying. But then, like, he makes it look like he's helping Juliet. Yeah. Like and the- five and six. And then eight, at the end of seven, he's like, nope, I was the villain. I've been <laughs> killing people. Yeah, and that's what's so great about this. That's what, like I said, this is one of the great things about what Yost is doing as, as the writer of this thing. And just mm-hmm. uh, Tim Robbins' character portrayal as well. Because, like I said, I read the books. I knew that this guy was supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. And they had me questioning through the entire time. I kept waiting. I was like, all right, is this going to be the episode where he turns? Is this the episode where and he's going to be all, turns? And that's also when you nail the perfect casting of Tim Robbins, who's such a likable and lovable right. and beloved actor that you're like, oh, man, I don't want Tim Robbins to be the bad guy. And, yeah, right. And, and you don't. You don't want him to be the bad guy. And when he finally reveals himself to be the bad guy, I was really like really surprised, and like I said, yeah. I knew that this should have been coming. And like I said, yeah. but they did such a good job of convincing me, a book reader, that he wasn't going to because they just kept. I mean, he just kept putting himself because I was actually kind of liking the guy in in the show yeah. for a while there, and I was like, and that's completely different than the character. So like I said, this is one of the reasons why when you take when you this is how you can deviate from the source material. And still do it right. Maybe even do it better than what they did in the original stuff as well. Yeah, I agree on that. And like I mentioned earlier, also, I thought Ian Glenn, when he really started coming on, I guess like, I guess in six is where, like, I thought where him and Juliet started, like, reconnecting Mm -hmm. and and really talking about what happened that they had never talked about before, which is horrible to think about. I, I thought he brought so much to this that it, it really it really sold it for me. Yeah. And like this man 
it's it's why we love uh, Jorah Marmont so much. Like like when he's in pain and he's like crying, mm-hmm. like you feel it, man. Yeah. Ian Glenn is just awesome. And also, I want to shout out the guy who played Paul Billings. Yeah, you know when he first comes on, he's like, "I'm uh, a nerd that knows all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I won the award four times." Right. And then, like, he becomes, like, a very interesting character. Yeah, he does. And you're like, man, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And then, like, I guess he's more towards the heroic side. But, I'm like, I'm interested to see where he goes from here. Because, yeah. like, uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, he had the syndrome, which right. I understand is a book. I mean, a TV series creation. That is. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not exactly sure what the syndrome is. No, uh, I'm not either. So I couldn't tell you. He was, yeah. a, was a book reader. I can yeah. it is not is That is nothing in the book. So, But uh, I, I like how he was kind of fighting with, you know, covering the law. But then he also is like, you know, Juliet's making some points here. Right. But, but you know, I want to be the sheriff. I want to take care of my family and protect them. So, that was very interesting. I thought it was also interesting how and this goes back to tim robbins how as every episode you realize oh these sheriffs have no power right and then we find out oh judicial has no power right. they don't know anything's going then you come to find out oh bernard is the only one and he still doesn't know everything right he, he still doesn't at least uh like i said i'll be interested the way or they, he acts like he yeah i'll be interested the way they they do that bernard character there in here in season two because uh like I said, they kind of hint at what they're what they're going towards as he's running towards the server room at the end of uh, of episode ten, and he inserts that key, that light up key that has eighteen on it. Like I said, I'll be really interested yeah. to see what they what they're doing in uh, what, how they approach that, and just uh, how much he knows, how much he doesn't know going into uh, the second season of this thing. But I, I, one of the things that you also mentioned is you said you know uh, five and six or somewhere around there, it, it, it kind of was a little bit draggy for you. I was kind of the same way. I thought that this, uh, I thought like the first like three or four episodes were really good. I thought five and six was it starts to drag out a little bit because they really spend a lot of time with trying to figure out what the the uh, artifacts and all this type of stuff. Because that yeah, yeah, artifacts, yeah. I mean, they they kind of are in the book, but they're kind of not. Uh, but they're not. They don't play nearly as big a role as they do in in in. And the, then missing Will Patton, I cannot yeah. state that enough. He brought so much because like. He was so de- commanding on right. the screen and like involved in everything. Like losing him was a bit was a big loss. It was. It was. It was a big loss. Uh, but when I think it really starts to pick up and starts to become re- just really intriguing again is when they do reveal Tim Robbins as the ultimate villain yeah. of this show, and that when Rebecca Ferguson's character goes on the run, when Juliet goes on the run, that's when yeah. it really kind of picks up steam and really gets her interested in again. I-, I thought that was. Yeah where it really picks up so yeah and i really liked uh rick gomez as patrick kennedy i thought that was a very interesting character yeah it was and uh i i did not realize because he has that big scraggly beard on it who this guy was because he's been in a ton of things and oh he's been a lot of stuff he's in justified yeah, he's in justified too, which i'm not surprised i didn't make the connection i did not make the connection because he is he looks so different in in this show than he does in justified it's like oh yeah. that's the same guy okay yeah. but i do like that character patrick kennedy is a completely show created character he's not somebody's in the oh, book okay. uh like i said so he this is something they created for the show but just his character and bringing this kind of sleazeball you know ex-con type criminal into and you know he's working with the sheriff the person you would think that he would be right. working with i thought it was uh i thought his character and just brought an extra dynamic to it 
not to mention, he's the only one that has any humorous line. Oh yeah, <laughs> really you're right. There's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of humor in the in this show, but he's the one. He does bring a few of them, and he does have a few, and he does he delivers them quite well in this. So, uh, yeah. anyway, let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, well, okay, let's take a real, real quick break, and then let's just kind of jump to the finale because I think the finale is really interesting. So let's do that real quick. All right, the finale to me. It's not the best season finale I've ever seen, but it's a good one. It's a it's a darn good one. I would one. say it's a really good one. I re- I really enjoyed it. Oh, can before we get in this season finale, we've got to mention Lucas, the saddest TV character yes. of all time. He likes this girl, doesn't she shoots down his kiss, right? Then invites him to his room. He thinks he's about to get laid. Right, he does. <laughs> And I can't imagine the excitement going through his body. It's like, hey, why don't you come to my apartment <laughs> after he's been shut down? You know, he's like, oh, oh yeah, right. here we go. No, he, you have to be involved in this heist, you know, thing. Right. He decides not to do it. So he ends up not being the hero. Right. He doesn't get the girls, and he gets sent to the mines anyway. Yeah. Is there a, a worse character life than Lucas? I will say this. Uh, from a book reader's perspective, Lucas is, is the biggest disappointment because his character is completely different. He has a much bigger okay. role. He has a much bigger role in the book. And like I said, his character is kind of... It, uh, from a book reader's perspective, at least from my perspective, he's the least, he's the most disappointing character. Okay, so so he may have a huge, a he much could. bigger role. It's it's quite possible, but they've done they've okay. treated the character completely differently. Like I will say, his character they they brought some interesting things about it because like you know he's tracking what he calls the lights in the yeah, sky, right. which we know to be stars. The right. the fact the way that they are presenting the education of these people in the silo because in the book he knows they're stars he, he understands that yeah. that's what those are and here he doesn't even know what they are no one knows what they are they're like they're just lights right. in the sky and they don't know what they are uh but like i said so that was an interesting way to present the fact that these people are like way behind in terms of their education right. and, and how things work and stuff on the outside yeah. but but i'm sorry to interrupt you before the finale i, I had to mention him before yeah i, I was going to bring him up but i'm glad you did because it, like I said, from a book reader's perspective, at least from my perspective as a, somebody who has read the book, he was he was kind of a disappointing character because he was so. I mean, he's he's nothing like he is in the book. He's not really even used that yeah. much in, in in the show. Like he's very important in the book. Now, could they do some things differently and give him a more important role in the second season? That's quite possible, but they're not there yet. Right. So, yeah. um, anyway, so like I said, the season finale. Heck of a, it's a really, really good season finale. They do a really good job of creating a lot of suspense and giving you and just kind of resolving a lot of things all at the same time. Uh, what your general thoughts on it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Like, uh, I was just wanting more. I had when, when you get the reveal of all those bunch of silos right. out there, mm-hmm. I don't know how many they're going to be. Right. It looked like, you know, like. 25 to 50 mm-hmm. but like when you saw all those and it to me i'm assuming that's atlanta since we all had the, that looked like atlanta and then we've had the georgia book which right. that georgia book was awesome what a tourist boost for the state of georgia, <laughs> georgia. man it, it looks so beautiful in that in that uh that book man i, I, I wanted to go back to georgia right like but, that. uh yeah I thought that was like a, just a, a interesting reveal. Now I do wonder how how much uh, oxygen does Julianne have? Uh, right. She got to run to another silo. Uh, so you know, it was interesting where you're like, oh, 
18. That means we're solo 18. <laughs> okay, I was wondering if that was coming through as well. If because they it did at the end. Yeah, because they showed that 18 key fob a few yeah. times before. So let me ask you that before we get into it. Did you did you have any idea what that meant when you saw the number 18 on that key fob? Yeah, okay. I had no clue. I was I was curious about that because when I saw that key fob, I saw 18. I was like, all right. I was like, I know what that means. I was like, I was wondering if anybody else uh, who was just watching if they if they but understood. When I what started it seeing those other silos, I was like, oh, this is silo 18. Right. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. It is silo 18. So. Um, and like I said, so she's out. You know, they'll pick up obviously with season two with her being out there. But one of the things I think that works really well that they do here differently because I want to go back to this. So when we discussed the very first two episodes of this show because they debuted at the same time on on Apple TV Plus, they had the sheriff go out and he walks out and he does his cleaning. And when he does his cleaning. We all of a sudden see he sees in the visor just like everybody else. He sees in the visor that it's green and all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And but when he's like dying, they don't show like they don't show him taking off of his helmet. And I asked you what you thought was happening. I don't remember what you said. Do you remember what you were thinking when? Oh man, I don't remember what I said either. Uh, Do you remember what you thought when you saw that? Like, do you remember if like he was? uh, Well, let me just get into this. Yeah, I was. I was thinking. Whatever he was seeing was not what we were seeing. Okay. I do. I, yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. Because like in the because I mentioned this when we talked about this because like uh, one of the things that I was very interested in we finally get the answer to this at the end was in the book at the very first when they when he goes out and does his cleaning he sees the green he sees everything as being like perfectly fine out in the world uh, and that is what he he assumes that the world is actually like. And when he goes out, he actually takes this and he starts wondering, like, all of a sudden he starts to realize he's choking and he can't breathe. He's like, what's going on? How, what, what is happening here? He takes his helmet off. And that's when he realizes that the world, because they describe this, that the world is actually the way that it looks there at the very end of the, of the entire season is it's gray yeah. and dark and everything is ruined. And uh, so, like I said, but they do a good job in that first episode of not showing us that. So, like, we're left to, we're left, the viewer was confused about, all right, well, if everything's green, why is everything green? Uh, the One of the things I love what they do about this that's different than the book is the way that Juliet comes to realize that what she sees on her screen is not what she what is actually out in the world. Right, Because right. in the... Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because in the book, like somebody informs her, like she's going through all these files and, and stuff, and she's, she's uncovering all this information, and somebody sends her this thing about... Uh, an eight by two uh, visor and how they can manipulate colors and all that stuff. And she doesn't understand what that means or like an eight by two screen. And she doesn't understand what that would be useful for. And when she, it's when she walks out, she thinks about that eight by two screen. She's not thinking about what she sees. What I like the way they do it here is she remembers the bird, formation that's what kind of clues her in i thought that was a much more dramatic way look i think it worked well in the book the way they did in the book because of the way that you can explain things but from a dramatic viewership from a dramatic viewership standpoint i thought that worked much better than doing it the way they did in the book what do you think yeah i I like that too and i like how you know she's walking and i'm assuming she trips over 
Sheriff uh, yeah. Holston. Yeah. You know, and then and then you see her put the badge down, and you see her go through, right. you know, the, whatever the the image is to that. That was really cool when you realizing like, oh yeah, it's it's not what we're showing here. So that was that was cool. So yeah, so. I'm assuming, like, we know the tape, obviously, is what's keeping right. her alive. Right. Like, her, she's taped Yeah, that's up the so difference. Well. Yeah. The difference is, and they, they did a really good job explaining this in the book. They, I thought they did a really good job of showing it here. Because it's a difficult thing, because what they wanted in the book, you don't get the re- re- revelation that it's the tape and the fact that the suit is made better. Uh, that's the reason why she's able to survive yeah. until after she has done her walk so it would have been the second season when they reveal this but i like the fact that they are showing us that it's the tape and look they spend most of the time on the tape but there's more stuff to it in the book but i think the tape is the easiest thing because that tape is designed the one that they had in it was designed to fail because they wanted them to die after yeah. a certain amount of time but now they had the better tape they, they can survive and i think that I, I thought that it worked really really well because if they'd waited yeah. to do it like they did in the book we wouldn't have known why she survived until season two yeah and it also that was the point when i realized oh man we really aren't seeing rashida jones and david Ayola <laughs> yeah. ever again unless yeah. it's some flashbacks yeah that would be the only way that we get them back is if they ever do any flashbacks with them but uh but yeah that the, the like i said that entire scene where she goes out to clean where they're where they're they, she the gets mic drop of her dropping the cloth that yeah, was awesome that was that was fun that, that's a much better way in the book she just doesn't clean in the book she just walks away she just looks the, she looks at the camera and she just walks away I, the way Juliet is, I am just shocked the middle finger didn't come up as well. <laughs> I was a little surprised by that as well. But uh, like I said, that entire scene is great. Bernard's reaction to it, they don't really give us a, yeah. a huge reaction to it in, in the book. But his reaction and the way that he's just he's just waiting for her to die. He's just waiting. Yeah, because he says like any moment, any moment. Right. That all works so very well. And in the show that like i said they made a lot of great decisions about how they wanted to do things in the book and how they yeah. want to change them in, in the show and it worked really well at least i thought well you also could feel like the mechanics like a revolt about to happen when they see her like you know surviving and getting right. through like you could just feel like a revolt on its way right like i said and they'll, they'll get into just the reaction what what this means for the silo going forward uh they'll get into all that and i'm not going to get into it here in in yeah on the show because it would spoil quite a bit but uh they've got a lot of interesting things they've got to set up here in episode two. one of the things that gets uh, that is just really underrated about this i don't know how much sets they actually built for this thing because obviously you know this is they had to like create i'm sure there's probably some oh, yeah. i'm sure there's probably some green screen i'm sure a lot of that stuff is done in this show as well but they've got to have some actual physical sets for a lot of this stuff uh yeah. and it's impressive the way that they went just the the entire look of this entire show the way that they have just the claustrophobic feeling of the of, right. of the silo it works incredibly well and they did a really good job with that they did a really good job with that yeah it really felt that uh also like just like you said everything about the world like when they were throwing the trash down when mm-hmm. they were climbing down like just really cool it, it looked great yeah it really it, looked great it, it looks fantastic i uh i like so many of the character choices that they make they mm-hmm. you know I, I, common i'm i'm very there are lots of times i thought he did great there are times i thought he looked very i don't know what's the word uh 
I don't know, maybe a little overacting, uh, a little bit over the top. He was a conflicted character, though, because yeah. he wants to be Bernard. Yeah, he does. But mm-hmm. he's he's kind of annoyed he doesn't know more. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And he, he wants to protect his family. Right, and that's uh, that's that interesting dynamic they have with that character is that, they, like I said, they, they created this character, uh, yeah. Robert Sims. He is, a, he is a television show creation, and he was... He was just an interesting guy to watch. Like I said, there were times I thought right. that he was a little bit too over the top with his performance, but uh, overall, I think he sold the character well uh, mm-hmm. as kind of being this enforcer type, enforcer type character for basically the. He's kind of like the pit bull for for Bernard. Is basically what he is, and I think right. he, they do a good and, job of showing that. And I tell you what else I really liked, and it was like I like Common's wife, and I like Billings' wife. How yeah. they were both like they were really pushing them. You know, it's kind of like you, like you see these famous politicians, like their wives are like the ones leading them. Like, hey, you need to do this. Right. Like they were like that. They were like, oh, yeah. you need mm-hmm. to do this. Like, hey, forget about us. We need you to get to be Bernard. So right. you've got to do this. I, I thought that was a very interesting aspect of of their spouses. Yeah, I thought it was too. I thought they did. A, I thought their spouses did a great job of this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that his yeah. spouse was a former enforcer. Uh, yeah, that was, was cool. Yeah, that was an interesting revelation as well. Uh, we we finally get. We had seen a few of the uh, down deep people uh, throughout this. We saw obviously Walker uh, quite a bit. Caitlin yeah. Walker or Harriet Walker. No, Martha Walker and Harriet Walter yeah. is the actor actress. Yeah. Um, but we we've seen her quite a bit throughout. But we finally get Shane McRae's Knox back. Uh, yeah, he finally shows up. He kind of betrays, he kind of betrays Juliet, which is different in the book, obviously. But uh, I liked, look, I like his character, so I was glad to see him back because he's he's just a cool looking character. He is. I'm hoping he has a bigger part in two. Uh, I know, like the rest of the mechanics, didn't seem very happy with him. No, they did not when they were watching watching the cleaning. But the fact that Juliet lives, you know, maybe maybe will make him come back as a good guy but you know juliet and you know martha both said like he didn't have a choice no, they would start killing everyone so i kind of i'm kind of with Knox on this that was about all he could do yeah i think i think what they'll do is they'll they'll use that moment to like spur him into what would be the rest because he has in the book he has a much bigger role in the second half of the book than he does in the first half of okay. the book. so i'm hoping that that's kind of what happens is yeah. he uses this moment where he betrays juliet but he sees that she survives and it like kind of inspires him to become a better person yeah. that's what i'm hoping that they do with the character in the second half of or the second season of the show so um trying to think is there anything else we need to talk about with this show particularly before we get to awards anything else you want to mention one last thing water so george mentions uh water is not a big deal yeah uh and and then uh, as we're going through like people are drinking water and they're getting sick and stuff yeah i yeah i don't know that like this is nothing there's nothing about this in the book i think it's just like juliet is struggling she's struggling at the very end because she is thirsty i don't think i think it's just they're just trying to show that that they need the water and like there's this the water is coming from a source that they don't understand and basically i think what they're trying to show is they want us to remember at those first two episodes where there is all that water in that with that digger thing that they saw, and that's where the water's yeah. coming from, and nobody really understands why or anything like okay. that. I could be wrong about that. Uh, and like I said, that's something they that it's not really explained in the book either. Uh, at least okay. I don't remember. It's been a while, so I'll just go and, back to and look. let me. So when we talk about uh, 
Dr. Peter Nichols and the birth control. Right. So that's to make sure there's like population control. Yeah, let's make sure there's population control. Okay. Yeah. I was just, you know, they kind of they they kind of hit at that, but they don't fully flesh that out. And then, so he must have pulled the birth control from his wife. Well, no, I think what they, because you, what you're referencing is where he says uh, mistakes happen, uh, where Bernard tells yeah, her that. Okay. Uh, I think all they're saying is like the birth control didn't work with her. I think that's all they're really saying okay. on that. Uh, because oh, I wondered if Pete, Dr. Peter Nichols did something. No, because my, based off of the way the show and the book, if that had been the case, if he had actually done something to make it where she could have gotten pregnant and they, they weren't part of the lottery, she could have been they could have both been sent out to claim for that so uh okay he's just oh uh, go ahead i got another i just hit me on one more thing to ask but yeah the 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 feeling i got from that when bernard says you weren't supposed to be born uh is basically the birth control didn't work at that point is that that's the very much the feeling i got from it so and then juliet mentions to bernard there's like a a door at the bottom of the silo and he's confused he seems shocked by yeah, that. Yeah, Bernard seems sh- surprised by that as well. That was confusing to me because, like I said, th- that whole idea of having the diggers and the, that door down there, that's something that's not in the book, and the diggers don't show up again, don't show up until much, much, much later in the book. So there is, okay. like I said, I don't really know where they're going with that, and I don't really know where my Bernard would be surprised by that as well. So, like I said, that's something I'm really interested to find out is why he was surprised by this, or at least that's, yeah. that's what it came across is that he was surprised that she was saying something about so Bernard line. is only the, the really the only one who knows all the secrets. That's correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the only one. Mm-hmm. So I guess every few years they bring up another person. They'll get into that, and in, they'll get into that okay. in, in season two. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll talk okay. about that. They kind of talked about it a little bit, but it's it's not just real. It's not. They didn't hit on it just real hard and heavy, but uh, like I said, okay. yeah, but yeah, Bernard is the only one. That's the reason why when she is showing that video of the green outside uh, and he's telling everybody, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, because he doesn't want them to see that. Because And look, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm glad you, you brought that up because... What they're doing, this is the interest. This is the, the the you know kind of a big question they have about this is, you know, they want people to understand. Like the reason they had the big screen in the cafeteria for people to see what it's like outside is because of the because they want people to understand this is what it's like out there. This is why you don't want to go out there, and they want people to have as little information as they possibly can so they can keep everybody safe. Is this yeah. is that this is that dilemma? Uh, why? And, right. you know, exploring, you know, how much knowledge do we give people versus how much, you know, do we or do we want to protect them by giving them access to as little as possible? And it's that big question. What did you think about that big yeah. question? That they're kind of, yeah, they're waiting here. I thought, that, I thought that was interesting because, you know, you kind of lead to Bernard is trying to protect them because obviously outside is bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want them getting out. Right. And you want them to, like, trust you know about the silo and to, to trust everybody and, and to take care of everyone so like it was weird like when you get that reveal you're like well maybe bernard's not as bad as we think right that, that's kind of what the like i said that that's the thing they want you to be weighing is you know you know right. obviously bernard is trying to save people he's trying to keep them everyone in the yeah. silo safe because he doesn't want them to go out there but uh you know people need to be able to have their own choices they need to, be able to make their own yeah. their own decisions they need to be working towards certain things so like i said that's the that's one of those interesting things yeah. one of the things i also think is interesting is just that the fact that they do show like the motivation to get people to clean because that's the that's the thing they have to get people yeah. to do is they to keep that screen clean 
for, for people to see it. it, they've got to get people to actually clean. But they're being sent to their death, so you know, how do we convince people to actually help us out? And when they go out there, and this idea of let's show them what this you know this ideal picture that's green and beautiful and right. and and you know because basically what it does is it says in their minds well they need to be able to see this if i clean it maybe they'll see it and like i said there's it, kind of this brilliant little mind uh trick that they got going it on is because if they start sending people out there to clean regularly then people will say oh man you can go outside if you have a good suit and right. that could lead to them trying to figure that out so right. yeah that that that's very interesting one last thing hey george wilkins you're a genius because you figured out the camcorder, but can we deliver clothes a little easier next time? <laughs> My God, that was the hardest thing. And then you still were like, you know, not deliberate and not like oh, yeah. giving us enough information. You got a little cute. I, I didn't enjoy it. Maybe, you know, you're a handsome guy. That helps a little bit. Maybe that does. Come on, man. Come yeah. on. Yeah, he, he could have been a little bit more deliberate in his clue leaving. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was a little bit too afraid we, of them. We have to, you know, get an old woman not drugged <laughs> to get information <laughs> in a hotting spot. Yeah, and I know. Then, like, as he's figured out the camcorder, he's still not talking about no, everything, not. you know. You're annoying, George. Yeah, he's a little annoying, but you know what? We'll, you know what? He ended up like killing yeah. himself at the end, so we'll, we'll get him a little bit of respect. So, all right. Anything else we want to talk about before we get on to our final no, season? I think, we're, I think we're good. I'm excited for season two. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it should be a fun one. So, all right. Here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we get to an end of a season, we always like to give out six awards based on the six characters of Friends. Up first is the uh, the star of the show, the Rachel. Who is your star of the show? Oh, man, it's got to be Rebecca Ferguson as yeah. Juliet Nichols. She was awesome. Yeah, it really is. And what's one of the interesting things about both the show and the book is this character is not introduced until, you know, at the end. Of, they don't introduce her until the end of the first episode. I mean, she don't even see her until the very first, end of the first episode of the entire show. Uh, and then in the book, you know, you don't even see her until about a third of the way through. So, like I said, yeah. it's just an interesting way that they, they introduce the character because, like, the person who is the main character of your story, you don't even see really, for the most part, right. in the first episode. But, but she is absolutely fantastic in this Um I can't wait to see what they do with the character in, in season two. So, uh, and she's fired up. So that's really good. Yes, it is. That, that always that always makes you happy. All right, your uh, your Joey, your character that's just a lovable character. Who's your Joey for this? So I went with the three older actors that I thought really brought a lot because they're very good actors, and and when they were on screen, it helped a lot. And I went with the great Harriet Walker, Ian Glenn, and Will Patton. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm good with all those too. Uh, I originally had only had Ian Glenn there, but I'll throw your two in there as well because I think they they fit that bill quite well as well. So uh, next is your your Joey, uh, not your Joey, your Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most. Who'd you go with? As as I mentioned earlier, there was extremely little humor. There was, and Rick Gomez yep. as Patrick Kennedy brought the only a few jokes. Yeah, he, he didn't bring. There's there's very little humor in this, but what little humor was around typically came through Rick Gomez's character Patrick Kennedy. So I'm with you on that. Uh, next is your Phoebe, your oddball of the bunch. Who's your Phoebe? So I went with uh, Paul Billings and Lucas. Because really, you couldn't tell if they were going to be a good guy or a bad guy. Really, the whole way through, because there was a lot, yeah. a lot of the sh the show. I thought Lucas was a spy. Oh, really? Okay. 
Yeah, because I, I, I couldn't tell. Because, you know, like, he appears out of nowhere, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he, you know, befriends her. And then Billings was the other one. You just couldn't figure out. So I kind of put them as the Phoebe there. Yeah, I didn't put Lucas there, but I did put Paul Billings here. Uh, he does go by Pete Billings in the in the book, but I think the only reason they changed his oh, okay. name. They changed his name because, uh, or Peter, it's Peter Billings, because uh, her dad is Pete. There's uh, Pete. Yeah, so I'm thinking Which I changed. think is a good call, because there's a lot of characters in this, and mm-hmm, having are. some way to, you know differentiate is a good idea but yeah i went with him uh he's played by chinaza uche i guess i'm pronouncing that correctly but yeah, he was he was a really good actor really good character yeah he was and I, I i thought his character was really good i thought he he's a little bit more developed at least in this first half of at least in this first season uh which like i said is the first half of the of the book he's much more developed in in this and i thought they did a really that was a good change from the book is developing this character a little bit more because they talk about his family in the book but they don't we don't ever see him or anything like that so I like what they did with his character. Uh, next is your Monica, a character who's just important to the story. So I went with the uh, the Holstons here of David Oliolo and uh, Rashida Jones. Yeah, I think that's the right call on this, and that's where I went as well. But go ahead and talk a little bit more about them. You know, they were both really good. I actually missed them because they were so pivotal in those right. first two characters. Uh, I hate that we didn't get more of them, but, you know, they were mentioned every episode. Yeah. They went back to something one of the two of them said. So they they really did lead this, the plot line the whole way through. Yeah, I'll, I'm with you on there, but just because they are so important. And like I said, you don't have your main character in the very first episode of this thing. So you rely on these two yeah. characters. You set everything else up that you're going to have for this entire season of this television show, you've got to rely on them heavily to establish, you know, do a lot of world building for you and for you to understand the rules and how the way that society works. So it's incredibly important for them uh, in their, in their roles. And like I said, they were, it's, it's, it's small roles because they're only in for in the show for just a little bit, but so very important to how the rest of the show develops. So uh, last but not least, your, your Ross, your least favorite character. Who's that? Uh, I'm going with Tim Robbins' Bernard and Common as yeah. Sims. Yeah, they're the, they're the go to. I mean, they're the obvious, yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, look, Common is fine. I thought he was. I thought he was fine as Robert Sims. Just yeah, I liked him. The the Tim Robbins performance, like I said, uh, he was great. It just completely blew me away. I, I want to say it again for them to take a character that was so easily picked as the villain in the book and to make me question whether or not they were going down that road because like i was wondering the entire time i was like well maybe they they're not making this a villain role that's the reason why they create this entire judicial system that's the reason why they they create the robert sims character so they don't have to make him the villain and then that's really cool they turn around and actually do it in in towards the end like okay they had me fooled like i said great performance at tim robbins love the decision by graham yost and the way that he set that up so and and there's a lot of meat on the bone for those two characters to see where they go. So I'm oh, yeah. excited about that. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of meat on the bone. Well, that'll be fun to watch and see how that portrait, how that plays out. So, all right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we have a five tier rating system. At the top of our list is a succession. Beneath the succession is a loss. Middle of the road for us is a friends. Bottom, uh, not bottom of the barrel. Uh, next to friends is lost house, and then, then the bottom of the barrel is a uh, Baywatch. What are you giving? Uh, what are you giving Silo after the first season? You know, I I think this is a succession. It's not on the same realm to me 
as Succession, right. The Bear, Yellow Jackets, but it's not Jack Ryan either. It's much higher. So yeah. I would say a low Succession, but I still think it's Succession. And what really sold it for me, I'm very excited about season two. Yeah, I, you described it perfectly, in, in my opinion. No, it's not. You know, Succession and The Bear are probably, you know, when we get to our end of the year, those yeah. are probably going to be very, very high on our top ten list. This one might be there. It might, it might it not. It could be. It yeah. could be, yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of like a low, that's like a low version of our of our top rating. So, uh, I'm with you on it. It's not the, it's not the best show ever, but it's in the conversation of being, you know, one of the best shows yeah. of the year and if that's the case yeah you get a succession in my opinion so i i think it has a shot in season <laughs> two to be one of the best because like you know I, i'm going with them i think they had to build so much of the world building in right. this one and it's going to get wild in season two so i think we could see a huge and this has really good reviews i think it could be even better in season two yeah it has potential to go to just take a to to jump up another level in season two, like I said, yeah. and I'll be really interested to see what they do in season. As somebody who has read the book, you know, seeing it, seeing the ways that they change the uh, from the the source material from season in season one, I'm really interested to see what they do in season two. Just because, like I said, as much as they change in this first season, what are they going to change in season two? What are they What are they going to add? Right. What are they going to? How are they going to expand upon? Because that's what they've done in, in the show is they've just really expanded upon everything that is in the book they've just made it bigger and so i'll be interested how they uh continue to do that in season two it should be a lot of fun to watch so and and i can't say this enough rebecca ferguson who's doing a lot of you know press for uh dead reckoning is saying we're in the middle of filming season two I was fired up about the show in season one when I've seen right. what we're doing in season two. Like, it's taken me to another level. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they're not that honest. That's true. They're not. All right. Uh, before we uh, sign off for this week, uh, we do want to give some things that we recommend. I'm kind of low this week because I haven't had a whole lot. Uh, my son has Did been golfing. Did you go to the theater? No, I have not been. I have not been able okay. to do anything. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll give four. All right. Go ahead. You're low. So the first, uh, I saw Dollar Destiny. Yeah, I want to. I haven't seen it. It's really good. I enjoyed it. As I've mentioned, I hated Crystal Skull. I'm going to throw that out because every time I like, I went to eat after I went to the movie, and I had no. I went to a brewery after I went to the movie, and I still had my cup. And the guy Mm -hmm. goes, "Man, what'd you see, Indiana Jones?" He's like, I don't know. I didn't like. I said, I said the same thing. <laughs> but I love this movie. You will enjoy it. It is what you're wanting. It is a beautiful send off to Indiana Jones. Yes, you will enjoy yourself. Go see it. I've also decided when they release a comedy to the theater, I'm going to go my, do my best to go see it. And I did this weekend. I saw Joyride. Okay, the, yeah. the, the movie with like Stephanie Shaw and. Uh, Ashley Park, I believe is the girl's name, who is like an incredible Broadway actress. Right. I had no idea about these um, uh, Chinese-born American citizens that go back to China, and it's like hilarity ensues. I've got to say, I may have gotten a little old. There were some of the jokes were so filthy, even I was like, <laughs> my God, did they go too far? My wife, we both enjoy filthy humor. We both thought, Wow. That was a bit much, right. even for us. <laughs> and so I wonder, have we gotten too old? Maybe that's part of it. But I laughed a lot in this movie, a lot. So it's really good, and it's heartwarming. It does that, the hangover bridesmaid of a crazy road trip. It's worth watching. Uh, the other things, 
I decided to watch the American Gladiators documentary. I on thought about watching it, and it's freaking awesome. It looks like it's it's like, looks like it's good. It's so good. Do not watch the ESPN thirty for thirty one, and I'm going to tell you why. That one is led by the guy, one of the creators of the show. I really. The Gladiators, the real original Gladiators, Nitro, Glazer, Gemini, they're not in that one. Right. They're on the Netflix one because ESPN was only going to pay the writer. He wasn't going to pay them to be involved. Uh, okay. So they decided, they went to Netflix, and I'm telling you, this thing is awesome. Those Gladiators are so charismatic and oh, such yeah storyteller especially nitro he really stands up and once you see him you're like oh god i remember him <laughs> also and just these people had the times of their lives didn't get paid what they should have but you know it's just a great story it's five episodes they range from 30 to 45 minutes you will not regret if you were young like justin and i were the american fighters were huge thing it is so much fun watching it uh i i would highly recommend it and the last thing i'll mention uh tom segura the comedian he has a new stand-up special on netflix it is freaking hilarious if you <laughs> like stand-up comedy watch it uh it's called sledgehammer i'm not going to explain why but my god it is right. a story involving that but tom segura uh netflix comedy special highly recommend again if you watch the American Gladiators, watch the documentary, skip the 30 for 30, watch the one on Netflix. All right. The only thing I want to suggest, and I've done this before, and I did this, I, was, I, I sent this PSA out to our more conservative listeners, our more conservative friends about if there is a movie, a television show, whatever that you find offensive because it does things that you think are against your beliefs, things like that, don't go about, just ignore it. Ignore it. That's the best thing you can do. I want to say this now to our liberal folks because there's a new movie out that I will not see because uh, Jim Caviezel and the story that's about uh, Sound of Freedom or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're both QAnon guys. I don't like QAnon. It's, it's, it takes something, a real problem like child trafficking and they bastardize it to make it into like about liberals eating children organs and things like that like hollywood uh, yeah like, hollywood like elites yeah like this is yeah. what they do they 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 kidnap children they like eat their organs and drink their blood and and they like drain adrenochrome which i don't even know if it's a real thing from their brain and that's how they get high <laughs> off of it like i said i don't even know but because this and like i said the person that this movie is about is big into QAnon. Look, they don't go into all that type of stuff in the film, from what I understand. I've read some reviews about it, and it's basically just about the child trafficking portion of this. Uh, but a lot of the reviews that they have gone into it have basically, you know, just criticized it from the political aspect of Jim Caviezel and his QAnon stuff and all this type of stuff. Yeah. Look, just review the film, okay? Don't get yeah. into the sides. Don't get into the politics and all this type of stuff because. All you're doing is you're making people want to go see it because it was huge. And the movie's a big hit. It, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. a huge deal on July 4th because it made a lot of money because there were so many people who were so outspoken against it that the people who did want to go see it went and saw it in droves. Like I said, guys, if you don't want to see, if you don't want attention brought to something, don't draw more attention to it. Like I said, it I just it, it drives me crazy the way that people do this. I'm with you. So. It's the same. It, it is, man. It, like you said, just review the film for what the movie is. Right. 
that's what that's that's what you're supposed to do. Don't get into the politics of it unless it is a purely political film. That's one right, thing. Right, like there's right, a right. there's a film called uh, How to Blow Up a, a Pipeline, which I do want to see. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's a political film. You need to talk about the politics of it. But right, right, right. Not all these films you need to do that. So anyway, I'm uh, with you. That, good call by you. Anyway, that's my little rant for this week. So uh, other than that, though, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off for the week? Let's not drink the blood of children, people. No, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, please don't don't drink any children's blood this week, please. That would be okay. bad. <laughs> and we, we appreciate you joining us. That's right. So we will talk to you next time. I will definitely echo the sentiments of not drinking blood. But uh, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs>